I will admit I can be competitive at times. I love a good challenge. So when my brother and I decided to bet who could tread water the longest, I jumped in with both feet. I won after treading water for at least 15 minutes longer than he did. I wouldn't let him live it down. I never let him live that one down. I was so smug about the fact that I, the girl with asthma, beat my athletic brother in a simple contest of who could tread water the longest. For years, any time it came up, I rubbed it in his face. Until one day when he probably had enough, he finally burst my bubble by telling me, Julie, fat is more buoyant than muscle. What? I knew he wasn't telling me this to hurt my feelings. He was probably just sick and tired of me telling everyone how I beat him. You may not want to have a water treading contest with anyone, but you do want to become buoyant in life. Buoyancy keeps us from drowning when the floods overwhelm us. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you are listening to Kairos Moments, episode number 19. As it says in the Gospel of John, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants nothing more than to take you out. So how do you stay afloat when difficult circumstances threaten to overtake you? How do you rise to the top and stay there in spite of all the turbulent waters attempting to drag you down? In the midst of one particular difficult season in our lives, with wave after wave of bad news coming, I learned at least six ways to become buoyant, even though the waves continue to rage. I hope these help you too. Number one, recognize and acknowledge God as your only source of power, provision, and peace. Deuteronomy 11, 10 through 11 says, The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you had come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. When God alone is your provider, you are not dependent upon anyone else but him. The Israelites were used to planting and irrigating their own crops. However, God was about to move them into the promised land, and this land would require them to not be dependent on anybody. They had to let go of their self-sufficiency and depend on him alone. Number two, find joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10. When we find the joy of the Lord, we are strengthened emotionally, physically, spiritually. We can't muster this strength up on our own. Matter of fact, we are depleted most of the time. We have to go back to him again and again to be filled. His strength will not give out. His strength never tires. His strength will allow us to fly like eagles, like it says in Isaiah 40. But we have to look for it. Joy can be found if we have eyes to see it. It has to be cultivated. We have to train ourselves. We have to practice. And what we feed grows. 
I once heard an acronym for joy, and it was Jesus, others, yourself. Getting our priorities right in this upside-down kingdom we're a part of gives us buoyancy. When we're in the middle of a health crisis, joy is not staring at us in the face. We have to look for it. When we've lost a job, joy is not just sitting there waiting for the taking. We have to look for it. So I want to encourage you to find joy. Number three, wage spiritual warfare. Of course, we all know Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. We have to do this on a regular basis. We have to be aware of the schemes of the enemy. And I believe spiritual warfare can even look like doing something in the opposite spirit. What I mean by that, I'll give you an example. I remember going through a very difficult time financially early in our marriage, and God told me to give someone $50. Only that person, I knew they did not need that $50. They didn't. I think it was like $50. Whatever the amount was, it would hurt us to give it at that time. That was hard, friends. But I knew God was calling me to it, and I knew, in essence, I was learning I was telling God, you alone are my provider. There was a time when we were without a job for nine months. We sought ways to give. Whenever I've had an especially trying day with my special needs son, I would ask on social media, who needs prayer? It was my hope that the enemy would get the hint that no matter what he threw my way, I was not going to succumb to his discouraging lies. I would instead commit to praying for others. I remember sitting in my garage and I posted that on social media and the prayer request came flooding in. As my boys were riding their bikes, I remember speaking those prayers out loud and I cannot tell you, but I felt the power of the Holy Spirit working through me as I was saying those prayers, as I was asking God on behalf of these people who wanted me to pray for them. My heart changed. I was no longer focused on the bad day that I had. And matter of fact, I think a few people responded later and told me that those prayers made the difference. I wasn't going to let what was going on around me trump what the truth was. We live in this world and there are facts, right? But there is a higher truth. And the higher truth is even Jesus is interceding on our behalf. When the enemy comes at you, turn it around. Anytime he comes at you, do something in the opposite spirit. That's what I call it. When you're needing finances, try to find a way to be a giver. When someone else is enjoying success in an area that you've been wanting to for a long time, commend them, share their success with them. You have to do it with an authentic heart. But I'm telling you, doing something in the opposite spirit is waging spiritual warfare. Number four, worship. When my heart is heavy with something, I know all I have to do is go get in God's presence. I know he will make it all okay. He can quiet the storm around me. As the song says, the wind and the waves know his name and they obey him. But if he doesn't quiet the storm on the outside, I know he will quiet the storm 
on the inside, whether that's anxiety or worry or fear, whatever it is, if I get in his presence, he makes it all okay. He quiets me. So put on some worship music and just lose yourself in his presence. When I do that, I like to put on some worship songs that I don't know the words to, because sometimes after we've heard some, you know, some of the worship songs again and again and again, I want something to hit me fresh. And so something might stand out to me in a new song. Of course, there's the old standbys, the ones that we love, and those minister to us. But a lot of times when I need to get into his presence and I need him to to calm the storm within me, I turn on songs that I don't know the lyrics to. Because then it's just the lyrics I'm, I'm hearing. It's as if God is speaking those things to me. Number five, serve someone else. There will always be someone who could use some help in some way. There are hurting people everywhere. You know, volunteer at a local charity. Distribute food to the homeless shelters. Just find ways to serve. And it gets our eyes off of ourselves and on to ministering to other people. Number six, do not be afraid to ask for help. What does that look like? So many of us forfeit blessings because we are afraid to ask for help, but we are made to be in community. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In the original language, the word burden means a heavy burden an excessive weight, something that is too much for one person to carry. And just a couple verses later in verse 5, it says, for every man shall bear his own burden. That seems confusing, doesn't it? In one verse, it says to carry each other's burdens. And then a couple verses later, it says, for every man shall bear his own burden. Bearing your own burden is those everyday burdens, those crosses that we must bear, the responsibilities of our normal day-to-day lives. Have you found yourself almost drowning in some area of your life? Have you just recently received bad news? Has the enemy somehow made you think that he has the upper hand? Or even he's tempting you with his life preserver, but you know that's not going to save you. It's only by these six things. Well, along with these six things, we know prayer and the word, you know, those to me, those are given, but these are six things that I implemented in addition to those things. So I hope this helps you to become more buoyant in your life. The waves will settle down and then there will be a storm again. We can, we can be assured of that. There will be another storm where the waves threaten to overtake us. There will be a day when we receive bad news. We receive a diagnosis. Or we receive news of a friend disappointing us or betraying a confidence. Whatever it is, the Lord wants you to be buoyant. And the only way you can be buoyant is through him. Lord, I just pray for the people who are listening to this episode. And I ask, Lord that you would not let them see the life preservers that the enemy wants them to grab a hold of, but that they would have eyes to see the life preservers that you are sending them. First and foremost, the life preserver of your son and what he did for us on the cross. Lord, I ask that anyone listening to this episode 
would put these things into practice. Help them to find joy, Lord. Help them to learn how to get in your presence in worship. Father, I ask that you show them tactics in spiritual warfare. One of them being operating in the opposite spirit. Lord, I'm not talking about faking it. I'm talking about giving out of a place of need. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise to you, Lord. And I ask that you would be glorified when they do that and that the enemy would leave them alone. Lord, I thank you for this time. And I ask that you would just bless everyone that's listening. Father, Lord, if anyone needs prayer, I ask that they would reach out to someone. God knows what you need when you need it. And you're not alone. See you next time.